0: Hello again everybody and welcome to the mainland podcast the January offseason edition we are at episode uh, 112 so uh, thanks for thanks for making this podcast reach uh, such lofty heights as 112 episodes uh, I am Michael Citro the founder and managing editor of the mainland podcast and also the mainland.com and joining me as always David Rowe from a chilly frigid Tallahassee Florida up north Dave how are we doing.
1: Uh, we're freezing. Uh we actually had snow up here. I even got to see it. Now I grew up in Maryland, so I mean it's not like I haven't seen it before, but still it was pretty cool. Uh (laughs) and it's gonna be darn cold tomorrow too, but uh or today, depending on when you're listening to this, yesterday. Who knows? Anyway. For me, it's gonna be cold tomorrow.
0: Yeah, my kid asked uh if she could stay up late one night when she thought it was gonna snow. She asked if it was getting cold enough to snow. I think that night it got to thirty two exactly. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, uh, no, you go to bed. If it snows, I'll wake you up.
1: <laughs> now that there is good parenting. <laughs> yeah,
0: And then I went to bed. Uh, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure it didn't snow. Yeah. Uh, the sky was very clear when I went to bed. I said, I don't think we're getting any snow tonight. So um, anyway, Dave, it's been a while since you and I spoke. It's been uh, just over a month, about a month and a couple of days. And absolutely nothing has happened for Orlando City in that time. It's unbelievable. Such a, I don't even know why we're talking. Such a quiet, quiet uh, offseason. Uh, so basically, everything exploded since our last podcast. <laughs> and everything, uh, the club put the entire offseason worth of business just about into the uh, December 15th to January 15th window and uh, right in smack dab in the middle of our stuff. And, you know, I, I toyed with the idea of doing an extra supplemental uh, podcast here in the off season. We, we do a monthly in the off season, But, um, you know, it was right in the middle of the holidays. It just never seemed like a good time to fit it in. So I thought we'd wait, and then the longer I waited, the more stuff happened, and it just got to be unbelievable. So lots to cover tonight, Dave. Uh, lots to cover on this uh, January edition. By the way, this January edition means there's only one more monthly edition of the off-season podcast before we are back to weekly podcast in March. So uh, much, much uh, going on. Uh, there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff that. We have in our list of things to cover. We'll try to get to all of it. I already know some things we're not going to really get to cover, like uh, you know the schedule release and then all that stuff, the preseason uh, schedule, which is kind of um, small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. But uh, mm-hmm. let's dive right in, Dave. From the almost from the moment you and I hung up the phone last uh, month, <laughs> stuff happened. Uh, yep. A lot of stuff happened, and um. <laughs> You know, a lot of that stuff was player signing related. A lot. Um, yeah, you know, almost uh, almost immediately uh, after you and I uh, talked, it, it started happening. And of mm-hmm. course, now right now, right now in live time, Dave uh, Slack is giving me grief, so I can't see the list. Okay, here it is. It's back. Okay, so. The first thing that happened, really, since you and I talked last, is Kaká announced that he is done playing. Uh, he is he's retired as a soccer player. Uh, big things probably on the horizon for uh, for Kaká and Ricky. Will I'm sure be successful whatever he does in life. And he doesn't need to work. He's filthy rich. Uh, but Dave, you know, just want to get your last sort of thoughts on his retirement and you know do you think it was the right time do you think he still had some some good soccer left in him you know what do you think he should have done um you know not that we're the arbiters of his life by any stretch of the imagination but uh (laughs) you know just give me your overall thoughts on the kaka retirement
1: uh i think it was a good it was good call on his part um i'm not saying that he couldn't have gone someplace um and contributed you know in a a, uh Almost the capacity that we saw him here at the end at Orlando City, where he was uh, showed flashes of the player that he was. He was still, you know, if you compare him to certain amount of players around the world, he's still going to be better than they are. But uh, at his age, um, that's a lot of run-in to do, and um, you know, he probably. Uh, my, my guess is is that um, he he realized that uh, he had an excellent end of a career with Orlando City of a uh, amazing career um, and anything else would have probably felt like a footnote um, you know he would have gone and signed for one season someplace and you know played some games and, and then bowed out then whereas you know his leaving Orlando City was big news his MLS you know rather than some smaller league and he gets to um, you know take all of that um ties with mls and every place else he has to build those businesses that we know he's going to do i mean if you if anybody's following his twitter it seems like every other post is hey big things are coming so um you know what those are i'm sure it has to do with uh of either um soccer cleats or you know clothing line or who knows uh eventually he'll probably be a a coach someplace um and and or in the front office for some place. Um, of course, we'd love him, to have him back in Orlando City. But uh, yeah, I, I think it was a I think the timing is right. Like you said, he's filthy rich. He's a young man. You know, plenty to do that's not on a pitch. Go enjoy.
0: You know, he's taking some sports business classes over there at uh, Full Sail University. I wonder if he uh, is still Uh, or if he if he completed those courses and and you know what he's going to do with that you know I don't think he ever like graduated or anything but I think he definitely took some classes and uh, it was uh, it would be interesting to see if he resurfaced uh, with Orlando City somewhere down the road but I think you're right in terms of the timing of his um, you know the the timing of his retirement in terms of um, you know one I think once you are uh, asked to take a big pay cut from an MLS team that hasn't made the playoffs yet. Uh, you, you, and you've, you're, you know, you've played for Real Madrid and Milan. And those, uh, yeah. I think once you've done that, and MLS is, is trying to lowball you, um, I think, yeah, it's probably a good sign that, you know, maybe your best days are behind you. But, you know, he, he still showed the, the you know, the, the old fire from time to time, the old skill set from time to time. Um, I think back to that goal he scored at, against Atlanta, uh, on the road, I think back to, that, oh, to that, gorgeous, the, yeah. the goal he scored against Sporting Kansas City, where he chested the ball down in the box and then let it fall and, and uh, you know scored around a couple of defenders. Uh, he still had a, a, a lot of, of world class talent in his, his his body, but his body was was telling him I think it was time. So, you know he'll always be the first captain we ever had at Orlando City. He'll always have that. He's got a, a, a good legacy. Um, it's going to probably take a couple years. Well, actually, uh, we'll get more to it, uh, later. There might be somebody that could surpass his entire, uh, <laughs> career total of assists in one year, uh, right. who has been signed by Orlando city. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's sad to see the end for any athlete in terms of their playing days, because, you know, you don't, you know, it's. I remember when uh, Dan Marino retired, and he what, hadn't been the same the last few years of his career, but I I just couldn't imagine the sport without him, and it took some time to get over that for me, and, and that's kind of the same way with, with uh, Kaká, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's – like you said, he he definitely – Made the most of his time at Orlando City. We would have loved, um, you know, if he could have continued at a higher level. That would have been great. But uh, you know, he figured out it was time to move on from uh, MLS and ultimately, uh, time to move on from, you know, put putting the cleats up on the shelf.
0: Ultimately, I think that his um, his body and, and what he was able to give probably was better served by. Adrian Heath's system than it was Jason Christ's, but, you know, the reality is that Jason Christ is the coach and um, he was going to be asked to do those things if he was going to play. So, um, you know, not as productive last year. Of course he's, he had the injury at the beginning of the year, which kind of set him back. So, you know, it's, it is what it is and he's, Mm -hmm. uh, he's done. And uh, we wish him well, we wish him the best of luck. And certainly I've never met a superstar that just didn't, act like a superstar before as much as him. I mean, um, you, you'd you never know talking to him that he was, you know, one of the more famous athletes to, to be walking the planet. <laughs> so um, it, it was great to get to cover him for a few years and get to watch him play. And uh, we will always have that. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on. The, <laughs> the, the day after that, uh, Orlando City finally um, gave the fans something to – Uh, talk about, the ones that were complaining so loudly that Orlando City wasn't doing anything except sitting on their hands and everybody was passing them by. And uh, it all started with a trickle. Uh, Stefano Pino and R.J. Allen signed on December 18th. Um, Pino, of course, most people remember that he uh, tore us a new one in the U.S. Open (laughs) Cup uh, last year with Miami uh Miami FC he came in and scored a hat trick uh, to lead Miami to a road victory in the US Open Cup uh on a night that Orlando City just didn't seem real interested um and uh he's a talented guy he's a golden ball golden boot winner for the NASL a couple times uh has not proven himself to MLS level but i think uh, at his age, I think he's around 26 or so, maybe mm-hmm. going to be 27. Uh, when the season starts, uh, Stefano Pino, probably a good guy to, uh, to take a flyer on
1: absolutely you know what's funny is after he did score that hat trick on us uh, a friend and avid listener of the show Mark Johnson uh, texted me and said "Uh, any chance we can sign this guy (laughs) I I said well you know anything can happen and and here we are Uh, we we do have him I I think it's um, I I think it's a great signing I mean any anybody that that's going to work that hard and and obviously has some uh, skill up top to uh, you know put the ball in the back of the net well uh, we know Jason Christ is all about the uh um you know attacking mindset. So um I I, I think it's I think it's an excellent sign and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do.
0: Yeah, me too. And I, I don't subscribe to the oh anybody that beats us in US Open Cup is gonna get signed the next year, even though it happened the year before with PC. <laughs> uh two is two is a coincidence. It would be a trend if it happens again. So Correct. Uh, but why don't we just go out and win the US Open Cup and not worry about it.
1: That, that's a much better plan.
0: Okay. We're agreed on it then. That's uh, Make it so, as they say on Star Trek <laughs> The Next Generation. Um, R.J. Allen, uh, of course, knows Jason Christ well. They spent t- uh, 2015 together at New York City FC. The, as the Christ haters would have you believe, that is the entirety of Jason Kreiss' career. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so he, he knows this coach. The coach knows the player. Uh, what I liked about R.J. Allen uh, is that coming to Orlando cities are kind of the things I didn't like about him at New York city FC, kind of a feisty guy, kind of a pain in the neck to play against. And that's, I think good to have on your team. He's um, you know, he's going to probably, you know, he's a right back. So he's not going to be starting. He's going to be behind Scott Sutter and he's going to provide really good depth. Uh, I think it's a, a decent signing. They didn't give up much to get him. I think um, a low draft pick uh, to get his rights and, uh, and brought him in. So what do you think of RJ Allen?
1: Well, as you said, uh, you know, tenacious back there. Um, you know, he's he's probably not going to start, but uh, w- you know, as we found out last year, some depth along the back line is going to be a good thing. So, um, uh, having somebody like that that can that can come in and and pick up without too much drop off um, is is something that was was desperately needed. Um, you know, we, we'll probably address either this podcast or next one, some other uh, needs uh, back there. But um, uh, that one, um, obviously there was something that they liked. Um, And as you said, you know, when he played against us, it was it was not good for us. So uh, better to have him on our side than not.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's he's certainly fine to be a backup fullback. You, you know, every team needs backups, and I think it uh, he provides good coverage. And um, you know, if Scott Sutter needs a, a breather. He'll he'll be able to get one this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly Rafael Ramos wasn't able to play most of last year due to a series of hamstring injuries. Uh, so. Uh,
1: now that you know, does bring up something interesting. Yeah, I know, we all, we all know Scott, Scott Sutter played for essentially two seasons in a row. If he doesn't have to play for one whole season in a row, is he, <laughs> is he just going to be on the sideline like shaking with energy or something? I mean,
0: no, I, I think he'll just be able to get forward more in those games that uh, you know <laughs> he, he's you know he, he started off like a house on fire. I think he had that burst of energy. You know, he, he had a uh, you know a good first. Month, I think, with the club, he kind of settled in a little after that. So teams got to know him and sort of try to keep the ball away from him a little more and press him more um, to, to slow down his effectiveness, knowing that they weren't going to be hurt if the ball was reversed over to the other side to Donny Toya. Uh, <laughs> right. Which is the next thing we have to talk about is the signing on December 27th uh, of Mohamed El Munir and uh, Jose Villarreal. Now, Jose Villarreal. We'll, we'll just start with him. He was uh, a homegrown for the L.A. Galaxy, a talented guy by all by all uh, accounts, uh, a guy who had trouble breaking into the Galaxy lineup because they just kept bringing in D.P.'s in his spot. Yep. So, um, you know, eventually, you know, they moved on from him. And I think this is potentially a really under the radar signing for Orlando City.
1: Well, uh, And. Let's face it, we're uh, we're the kings of the under the radar signing. Uh, Mister Yotun comes to mind. Um, so, uh, like as you said, you know, with the LA Galaxy, it kept getting pushed aside as you know, big name after big name comes in. But he's you know been part of uh, MLS Cup winning rosters in 2012 and 2014. He's got 70 MLS matches with that club five goals nice he's 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 experienced um so you know adding somebody like that who then has the um the potential to you know uh provide that either depth or maybe try and correct the starting lineup you know if he's if he's hungry enough then um that's all that is 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 good for the team even if he's just pushing somebody or if uh you know he's the one that's uh that's setting the pace
2: yeah,
0: I, I think it's a good signing, and it's a, it's a good depth signing, and a, potentially he could be a spot starter. Um, and he's a guy that is – is is. You don't have to really develop him that much because he's been pretty well developed where he's been. And uh, he's just like he's a bag of potential, I think, is what is how I like to put it. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's used. He can play in the attacking midfield. He can play up top as a striker at times. uh, So it'll be interesting to see where he fits in with Jason Christ. and, And if he's used maybe like. I don't know, almost like maybe how Giles Barnes was used last year. Sort of yeah. all over the place where you just plug and play wherever you need him to, to, to start and that kind of thing. And I, I think he might be that kind of player for for the 2018 version of the team. Uh, another guy we, you know, that was brought in at that time, El Mounir. Uh, Mohamed El Mounir is a Libyan fullback, and he is blessed with a great deal of speed, um, you know, he's going to provide some uh, he's going to be able to, to pressure to put pressure on the other teams uh, you know you know their right side our left side uh, in much the same way Scott Sutter can do it on the other side only this mm-hmm. this guy is faster um, you know maybe not as polished in terms of delivery we'll have to see uh, you know what he brings to the table but I think he's a guy who the team is really high on and uh, expects to, Push Donny Toya uh, and and eventually claim that spot maybe in camp, and uh, we're we're gonna see what happens with him because he's a he's a kind of an intriguing player, really quick, really crafty, and you know if if they can't overload on Sutter's side, that's gonna help quite a bit in the middle of the pitch.
1: Yeah, and. Of course, you know, one of the things that uh, regular listeners will remember is when we talked about, um, you know, potential signings, uh, we talked about uh, somebody to either take over Donnie's spot or at least uh, push him in camp. And that is exactly what this signing was. Um, You know, only 25. He's got international experience. um, He's played for uh, Libya in the last two World Cup qualifying cycles. um, So he's... um, the skills are there. Um, like you said, maybe not as polished as Sutter is, but um, the, I think the potential is very high and uh, you know, if nothing else, uh, if, if, if he pushes Donnie to be better and Donny wins the starting, you know, spot great. If he takes it from him and, and plays great, either way, we now have somebody else on that left side.
0: Yeah. He's coming to us from Serbia champions, FK partisan Belgrade Uh, I have no idea how that's going to translate to the MLS game, Uh, (laughs) but I I've I've learned to trust the players that have been brought in lately. Uh, You know, when you look at a Yotun and and that kind of thing, uh, I think that and a Sutter, you know, those two guys are definitely um, examples of under the radar signings. And and I I like it. I'm interested to see what this guy can do. Uh, So. You know, all of a sudden, you know, in December after we talk, you have Kaka retiring, you have four players signed. And then it gets to the point where it's starting to get ridiculous because uh, January 3rd comes and Sasha Kleschen happens. Yeah. Uh, Sasha Kleschen coming to Orlando, going the other way. uh, Tommy Redding and uh, help me, Dave. My brain is just locked up on me. Cramping. Uh, Cramping. Cramping.
1: I'm cramping too. Uh, Who we took in (laughs) Sasha?
0: (laughs) Hold on, hold on. This is what happens when you get two old guys on the podcast. Oh, Re
1: Re Rebus.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: How how do we forget that? Uh, Because we were trying to forget him.
0: Beware, Statue of Liberty. Rebus is coming to New York, (laughs) and there's no roof on Red Bull Arena. (laughs) Despite the name Arena, is it's there's no roof on it. So, uh, yeah, so Carlos Rivas and, uh, and Tommy Redding go um, with Rivas. Maybe it's addition by subtraction. I, I don't yeah. want to say too much bad about Carlos because Carlos, no, it's not you know, he's he's such an enigmatic player because you can tell when he's on how good he could be. Mm-hmm. And when he's not, which is more often than not. Um, he's just
1: an extremely frustrating player to watch. That's Uh, exactly the word I was going to use, that was the frustrating part about it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Tommy is, uh, you know, he's a guy that a lot of people moaned about losing because he's a homegrown, and I think um, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, there's that connection with the old USL team. Um, And uh, it's funny because almost everybody that goes away from this team I, I see mentions in our Twitter or mentions on our website about how that was someone's favorite player. Rivas was someone's favorite player. I'm not kidding you on that.
1: I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so. I'm
1: going to have to go back and find that you know,
0: one. It's it's the old adage. It's like, we need to get better. Hey, why are you getting rid of my favorite player? Um, <laughs> right. we, need, we need better players. We need to get get better uh, don't why are you trading everybody
1: uh, <laughs> i think it's the why didn't you consult me about which players to get rid <laughs> yeah, of did right. you not read my rants online
0: yes why did you trade my least favorite player with you know with nowhere near the trade value to get that guy anyway we're getting away for burying the lead dave on sasha question which kind of came out of nowhere we heard he might go out west we heard he might go to minnesota and then all of a sudden, Orlando gets involved in this thing. And before you know it, it's a done deal. And I, so Sasha question a guy who has led MLS in uh, assists, I think, two of the last three years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he has the most assists over the last three years. Also um, correct. Is coming here to serve balls in for Dom Dwyer.
1: Dom is going to be excited about that. I, I know that. I'm excited just because of the stash and I, I can't wait for all the, the jokes and memes and everything else that's going to get associated with that incredible mustache of his. So, um, that has nothing to do with his play. Obviously I'm looking forward to him, uh, you know getting that assist uh uh record or title for the uh the season again um this time for uh Dom and and whomever else is up there with him but uh yeah it, you're right it came out of nowhere uh, it it kind of it, it it couldn't have been more than a couple of days from first sniff of it to okay he's here
0: yeah it was it, it was a whirlwind romance unlike the uh the Yosue, uh, Josue, Josue uh, Coleman, uh, Coleman. <laughs> thing that, that happened uh, over the course of seemingly 17 years, although the player is <laughs> only 19. Um, but, yeah, it was it was like it got tweeted out. And the next thing you knew, it was being signed. It was a done deal. It was crazy quick, um, which is that's what you can do with, you know, with domestic players. That's mm-hmm. much easier to do uh, Once you make the agreement and boom, there you go. So Sasha Kleshton is an interesting thing because in the in the couple of days that there were in there before the, the announcement. God, there was a lot of hate on social media about him. I mean, everybody seemingly was like, I hate that guy. Don't trade for him, please. <laughs> no, God. And, 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 you know, I get it because, yes, I was right there amongst you hating him with all of you sure because Uh,
1: he was hurting us
0: yeah he's not only that i mean he's he's an agitator he's a guy who who gets under people's skin he's not afraid to flop to get a call Um, you know he uses you know is the entirety of the arsenal that a player has to help his team win now That's a thing you hate when your opponent does it, but it's actually a thing you like a lot when your your player does it. Maybe not the flopping, because I, even I get a little, you know, eye-rolly about the flopping. But, um, you know, let's say he goes down in the box. Kyle Aaron couldn't get calls. Okay. Sasha Kleschen can get calls. Yep. Uh, so are you going to be hating on getting all the penalties back that you don't deserve that you didn't get for the last three years?
1: And we we very much did not get, as has been repeated on this, this podcast yeah. many, many times. Yeah, I'm, I'm OK. With I, it. I'm not going to complain about that.
0: Yeah, it's it reminds me of, you know, players like, uh you know, and I, I come from a hockey background. So Thomas Holmstrom is a player that you hated if he played against you. And if he was on your team, you just love the guy because he he would do anything it took to win a game or to get a goal or to get a call. And that's that's kind of what, you know, it was like what, Michael Irvin. Yeah, it's it's what Orlando City has been missing really in some respects.
1: Yeah, we've maybe have been a little bit too nice.
0: <laughs> so he is um you know, he's a guy who he can he can pass. He's got a incredible vision on the field, and it um, is exactly the type of thing that Dom Dwyer needs. He's the kind of thing that Stefano Pino need. They're not really the kind of strikers that kind of create their own shots that often mm-hmm. but they're finishers they're poachers let sasha question and yoshi omar at Tun, do the work and go in and finish and that's i think going to really help the offense out
1: well and as we'll we'll talk about with some of the other signings um he's just uh, one piece of this transformed midfield um and he's the uh he's the experienced uh part of that transformed midfield and uh I, I think as everybody sees it all take shape, it'll, it'll make a lot more sense. Not that he, you know, couldn't have, if it was, he was the one that we signed and we didn't get anybody else and we plugged in, you know, who we had. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as if, if you're able to step back and, you know, uh, look at the forest instead of just the tree, it, 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 definitely makes a lot more sense what it is that, um, Jason and Nikki are trying to do.
0: Okay. So, uh, Sasha question, MLS all-star, uh, you know, assist King, he can take set pieces. He can agitate. He can get you. He can get you some penalty kicks. He can get you some free kicks.
1: And he's got um, a great
0: mustache. Um, I'm not on board with the mustache like you are. Uh, in fact, that was the biggest thing that I saw in our mentions is people calling him porn stash. Uh, I'm sure he's heard that one a million times. Uh, but you know We're what? Not gonna We're not going to do it. We're just going
1: to call him the stash. Yeah.
0: He's an Orlando City player, and I know a lot of people have said, well, I won't, I won't root for him in purple. Well, you know, I mean, if you're in a supporters group, the first word of that is supporter. Yep. Uh, that means you support whoever's playing, whoever's, you know, for your team. I mean, he's, uh, you know, think what you want about his tactics, but give him a chance because he's going to probably help the team win some.
1: Yeah, well, let's see what they say after uh, a couple assists and a goal here and there.
0: All right, so uh, that same boring January third day, all that uh, the club did besides that was uh, re-sign Dom Dwyer to a three-year deal.
1: And when that happened, the uh, the clouds of Sasha Klustian broke. the uh, The angels dusted, speak, and the uh, the people online were suddenly happy again, and everybody was uh, um, uh, popping champagne corks and 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 celebrating something that frankly I was really sure was going to
2: happen
0: yeah I mean you don't go get a guy like Dom Dwyer and and send a record uh, amount of allocation money uh, to a team to get a guy like that if you don't think you're going to be able to re-sign him he had one year left on his contract there were some kind of worrisome uh sort of posturing for a contract remarks that dom made about yeah i really kind of like europe uh, and i'm i am do not know what's going to happen after this year kind of talks have kind of died down um but you know signed, sealed delivered three years uh you know will he be here the whole three years who knows i mean sports is sports and anybody could leave at any time that's that's just the nature of the beast uh but it's great to know they've got him locked up for the next three years and um you know, Dom is home. This is spiritual home. He's here now. He can relax, score some goals. Uh, you don't have to worry about him bolting after this year. If he leaves, it'll be a sale, and uh, the club will get some stuff for him. So, uh, nice.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that anybody is unhappy about this one. This is mm-hmm. what everybody wanted. <laughs> there you go, everybody. Are you happy now? Are you entertained?
0: Uh, are you not entertained? Okay, so two days after that. Pretty big January 3rd day. Uh, the club decided to take it easy on us and sign a backup goalkeeper. Adam Grinwis uh, comes to us from St. Louis FC. Nice turnabout since uh, Anthony Pulis has been signing up a bunch of Orlando City B players uh, and bringing them <laughs> over to him. Uh, but Adam Grinwis is a guy who played at St. Louis FC. He did He did have a shutout against OCB last year. And uh, he will be brought in to battle it out with Earl Edwards Jr. unless there is a trade in the works for Earl Edwards Jr. And, and, you know, I think basically those two come into camp, battle it out. Uh, Whoever uh, wins the battle is the backup. Whoever loses the battle probably gets loaned out somewhere. Um, but yeah. one of them may get moved before the, uh, end of the season, you know, some, some team might get a, at some point, some team in the preseason is going to get a goalkeeper injured. And, uh, I think, uh, Orlando City's sitting on some pretty good backups now.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, competition is good. Uh, I love Earl, but, uh, if he's, if he's got to work for that, uh, backup spot, that's a, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, as you said, um, all the deal making is not done. So uh, who knows what could still happen? Um, you know, the only thing we know for sure in Orlando city is that uh, Mr. Bendick is going to be between the sticks um, as he has been um, for almost every single match that the, he's been in Orlando for. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's like you said, this is a, this is a backup keeper signing. Um, he's let's say the equivalent of, of, of Earl, And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see who wins out.
0: Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm, the book that I'm hearing on him is a better distributor than Earl, which is probably not that hard to imagine. <laughs> uh, that is, I'm not taking a shot at Earl there. That's just the weakness in his game. Uh, Earl's a good shot stopper. I mean, they call him the landlord, you know, for a reason. And, oh yeah. Uh, he's. Uh, he, I think it's going to be a good camp battle. It might be one of the better camp battles uh, that there is with the with the two of them competing to back up Joe Bendick, and I think we're really going to get a test. Uh, to see which of those two can elevate and, and become a backup uh, MLS keeper to uh, to back up Joe unless Joe gets changed, uh, traded and then everything changes. So uh, but we'll, we won't. Yeah. That. OK,
1: <laughs> I'm going to make a bold call here and say that <laughs> Joe Bendick does not get traded. Never say never. I didn't say never. I said doesn't.
0: <clears throat> All right. So uh, then 10 days after that, Homer's Odyssey finally came to an end. <laughs>
1: War and Peace, finally, you got to the last page of War yeah, and Peace. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, uh, the signing of Coleman was uh, a huge, huge relief for uh, the very uh, nervous, I'll say, fan base. Uh, that were When are they going to announce it? Is it going to happen? Yes, it's going to happen. I mean, there were pictures of... More than a week ago, online of him signing his MLS signing papers. deal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, you know that somebody tweeted out. So it was, it was, it was always going to be something that happened. My understanding is visa issues held up uh, some of it. I do know that last week uh, MLS approved the deal. So it wasn't until last week that it was actually approved by the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, according to my sources, I don't. I shouldn't say I know for a fact, but my sources I, I trust pretty, pretty. Uh, you know pretty thoroughly and um then they wanted to bring him in you know for the signing or you know for the for the announcement so uh then it was a matter of waiting on the travel visa so yep you know it, these things happen these delays happen and, and this was certainly one that took a long time uh <laughs> but uh, you know some of them don't take as long so uh,
1: well this just, goes to your point of uh the domestic ones are easy and quick and the ones yeah. that are not domestic eh, there's
0: exactly. hurdles that have to be jumped Nineteen-year-old Paraguayan Dave, uh, what are your thoughts on this particular signing?
1: Uh, you know I'm I'm excited for him uh, because uh, you know when they when Orlando City tweets out that we got our number ten, um, that's that's pretty big, um, and you know we're we're all hoping that it's going to be a, a, a another uh almarone type thing where uh he takes uh to mls and and uh just plays like this the oncoming storm um uh, he's going to be taking up a designated player spot as well as an international spot um but if they've been pursuing him for a long time relatively speaking because he is so young and i think that uh I think that this is the guy they want. That they were working towards this nonstop. I think that everything else that was going on around him was not secondary, but um, this was still their focus. Um, and and they got him. And I'm 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 looking forward to it. I think he's going to, if he can make the adjustment to MLS and the travel and the language barriers and everything else, I think he'll be fine
0: yeah it's always the worry you bring in a guy and he's got to get over the cultural barrier the you know learning the language uh, and all of that stuff in addition to the style of play here um, i think he's a guy who's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh, quick darting movements and he's he's just he's going to fake some of these mls defenders just he's going to break ankles out there is what he's going to do <laughs> yeah. and uh, but at the same time i'm a little nervous because he's he is so young and it's very easy uh, for a young player to you know to go through rough patches i mean it's any any player can go through a rough patch but it's you know especially for a a youngster like that who, who is suddenly maybe feeling a little bit pressure be, by being uh, one of the higher paid players on the team and that kind of thing so it'll be interesting that from all accounts he's a good kid that, that you know is looking forward to the challenge and they, they don't think that this is going to be you know something that's too big for him and i certainly hope that they are correct in that because uh he will be you know just based on on watching film on online which is you know it's always dicey because nobody puts the worst moments of a player up they only put the <laughs> highlights uh it looks like he's going to do some good things he could be a little bit better finisher but we got guys that can finish if he can get them the ball and he's going to be up there with sasha klesh and Yoshimar mario Tune. that's not a bad trio of players to be having feed your your strikers
1: well, and that was kind of my point earlier when we were talking about um, Sasha's that, uh, you know, once again, now we get to the, the other piece of this, uh, this revamped midfield. Obviously, we're all very familiar with Yotun and we're very happy with Yotun. Um, probably my favorite addition or late addition last season. Um, so you've got Yotun, who's been with the team and we all know what he can do. You add in the, uh, the veteran uh, with Sasha and then you bring in the young guy and That's a good um, uh, dynamic, you know, good mix in that midfield uh, for them to to work together, learn together. And like you said, just let's feed balls in. let Dom get a bunch of goals this season.
0: Yeah, I'd like him to get a lot of goals this season. That's something I, I would be very interested in. I, I, would, <laughs> I would sign up for that newsletter. In our, Are you
1: supporting that one? Yes, yes,
0: I am. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it'll be really great to see what he brings. Uh, certainly he'll bring an exuberance, uh, you know, a youthful energy to the team. Um, and uh, we, we welcome you, Josue Coleman, to uh, Orlando. You he, he will be literally the number 10 because that's the number he's going to be wearing where he plays well i think sometimes he'll serve as the number 10 i think other times question will serve as the number 10 but Mm -hmm. uh it'll be really cool to see how it all plays out and how the pieces fit together for jason christ um before we move on there is also another rumor out there that uh, rafael ramos will be traded to the chicago fire paul tenorio came out with this the other day and um you know he's uh he's got pretty impeccable sources he's got a great track record mm-hmm. uh i don't anticipate this being incorrect i believe that this will be probably announced in the near future uh because if if he says it's it's that the, the the agreement is in principle already uh, it's just a matter of working out the details but right now rafael ramos rumored to be going to chicago along with some allocation money don't have the amount Uh, in exchange for the rights to Chicago homegrown Cam Lindley. He is a midfielder playing at North Carolina. Uh, If there is an award in the ACC or a team of the whatever year, week, whatever, he's probably on it. Um, Yeah. Very talented young player. And what that means is that if they get his rights, he's not draft bound. They can just negotiate with him and sign him out of college. So, That I think again speaks to this team wanting to load up with talent in the midfield and create a lot of competition for, you know, for those spots. So um, we don't go through another, you know, gold drought year like we had last year because this is a team that was pretty freewheeling and scoring the first two years in in MLS kind of middle of the pack in 2015, but in 2016, one of the top three scoring teams in the league and uh, last year, it was like, you know, it was like, you know, when you're, you're drinking six Cokes a day and then nobody will give you any caffeine the next day. <laughs> that headache that, that you get. Oh, my right? God. It was like that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's like when you, you, you're, you've you got your hose and you're watering the lawn and your kid comes up and, and crunches it up a little bit so the, all of a sudden the, it's, just, it's not flowing anymore. And that's that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and uh, we we want to unkink the hose yeah. and let's start scoring some goals.
0: Yeah, so uh, obviously there's more business to be done because right now the only center backs on the team are Jonathan Spector. And Jose Aja, I don't think that the club plans to go through the entire season with two center backs. Nope. So more to come, and uh, we're we're going to talk to our, our special guest tonight about that uh, in just a bit. Before we get to that, why don't we talk about <laughs> the Canadian circus that is Kyle Laris?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, the the. The tweets and the uh, the the angst and the just get them out of here. No, keep them. It's you're right. It's a complete and total circus, and there is no ringleader. Nobody knows what's going on. There's denials. There's affirmations. There's it's. It, if you're not following uh, all this either on our website or on Twitter, you're missing out.
0: Yeah. So the story is this: Orlando City owns the rights to Kyle Larrant for two more years. He signed a standard uh, generation Adidas deal, which is three years plus two club option years. Their club option years are not foreign. They're not strange. They're not odd. They're not unique to MLS. Other leagues around the world do have them. But, uh, you know, in the past, players have gotten out of their contracts and gone overseas claiming they knew nothing about their rights being uh, owned. Orlando City... In anticipation of such a move where oh I didn't know I was still your property, had Kyle Laren sign a paper in twenty seventeen acknowledging that the club still had two option years on him and that he was under contract until further note until notified by the club he was under contract with Orlando City SC. He signed it. I'm That's sure he can. didn't I'm sure he didn't sign it without his agent looking at it or at least being consulted. So his agent knows about it. He knows about it. So he went to Bet Sheikas <laughs> anyway. Uh, got a physical. Is negotiating a salary apparently. Put on the jersey and yeah, got a picture taken in the in the kit, uh, which our understanding is that he won't be wearing even if he gets signed there. Uh,
1: but another thing, but
0: yeah, yeah. He so he's he's over there. He's he's in Turkey. He's supposed to supposedly getting getting set for their for their season, whatever, uh, to become one of their players. Bashika says that uh, Orlando City has no rights to the player. He's out of contract now. Options don't <laughs> count. And they're willing to go to FIFA and let FIFA make the decision. Well, FIFA now, if they have the decision to make, this isn't going to be like Fabio Castillo because no. Fabian Castillo, you know, he's the one that pulled the old. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about the option year kind of thing, but. Now, we know that's not true with Laren. We've got paperwork to prove it. There's a paper trail. Um, I think worst-case scenario, Dave, is that Orlando City ends up with a big wad of cash like Vancouver did when Camillo kind of bolted on him like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the worst-case scenario. It's going to be messy. It's going to be ugly. It's going to take a little bit of time. But I think in the end, you know, the Laren bridge is burnt. He's never coming back here and playing again.
1: No, and, and which is a shame because I mean he he has done a lot for the club.
0: Yeah, the all-time leading scorer in, in MLS for for Orlando City, and um, you know he's given us a lot of thrilling moments. It's just a shame uh, that he has got to end his uh, time here in this fashion, in such such acrimonious uh, you know way. It's it's not good for anybody involved. Bashikas has to wait to use the player. Um, Orlando City has to wait to get their money. And Laren doesn't win in this. I mean, he comes out looking like the bad guy. It, yep. Nobody wins. The agent doesn't get his money. Literally, no one in this scenario wins. So it's 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 unfortunate. Um, but we've seen the signs of this coming, Dave. We've seen him go to the newspaper and say that he's he's ready for you know he's ready to go to Europe and it's, the time is now. And you know, Orlando City player you know management is quoted in the paper the next day really would have been nice to have had that conversation with kyle you know this is first we're hearing of this um and you know some people said well that's disingenuous he always wanted to go to europe yes every young player in the u.s and canada wants to go play for real madrid or manchester united or chelsea or whatever that's that's just the way they are that's just that's what you talk about that's that's everyone's dream but it become When it becomes a reality and you say, yeah, I'm ready now to go play in Europe, this is when I want to go, please uh, try to make this work, you know, you actually have to go talk to your employer about that. You don't just <laughs> go to the newspaper and talk about that. So uh, everything about the way this was handled is bad. Um, you know, we'll maybe by next month's podcast we'll have a resolution of this. Maybe not. Maybe,
1: maybe, yeah, maybe um, not.
0: But, yeah, and then, of course, the, the corollary there was the report online that said that uh, the plan was Pashikis is going to sign him and then uh, loan him out to uh, Oman Spore, I think is how it's pronounced. <laughs> um, really?
1: yeah. Middle of nowhere.
0: Yeah, God, God help him. I mean... Uh... This is not why you won't even be be
1: able to find Kyle Aaron goals online if he goes there. It's like
0: people are like, well, he's going to go to a team that gets in the Champions League. But he's on loan to Oman Sport, He's not playing in Champions League. No, he's not. Uh, So anyway, if uh, you don't like Vashikas and you don't like what they're doing and you think they're a bunch of jerks, uh, tune in February 20th to watch Bayern Munich take them to the woodshed in the Champions League uh, knockout round. Uh, And we will we will have more about this probably next month.
1: Even if it's just a go, <laughs> and it's still a circus.
0: That's right. So uh, it's unfortunate. I, I I really liked Kyle. I liked uh, covering him for Land of City. I liked interviewing him, even though he's like really quiet. So you, if you if you're not on this, if he turns his head the other way to talk to someone, uh, your your microphone doesn't even pick up what the hell he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Molino was the same way, um, but uh, and he scored a lot of thrilling goals. I mean, he will always have the the first goal. In uh, Orlando City Stadium history, I mean, uh, yeah, Kaká scored in a preseason game, but that's just a friendly preseason game. It's not a real game. Um, You know, Kyle has the first goal. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, and a Rookie of the Year, first uh, first player to uh, to win a major award for Orlando City, first uh, and only player to have MLS hat tricks for Orlando City. Um, You know, really, uh, an all star. Yeah, the list goes on and on. He, yeah. he he did a lot of good things for this club, and it's just a shame that he's going to leave with so much animosity and so much bad blood with the fans. Because, um, you know, I'm sure that the fans were not real thrilled. <laughs> we saw how unthrilled they were with his DUI arrest last year. Yeah. but But uh, this, you know, you might have even gotten to the point where they were sort of forgiving him and getting over that a little bit, you know, and saying he made a mistake, and you know, as long as it doesn't happen again, everything's cool and. And, and now this. So uh, he is uh, you're you're unwelcome here, Kyle. Sorry. You're, you're, you're not you're not. We don't, we don't want you.
1: Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the memories. Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't Good let luck. the door hit you in the ass on the way out <laughs>
1: on, the, on the way to Turkey um, of all places. Yeah. Turkey.
0: All right. So uh, we've got a very special guest coming up, uh, an interview with um, Orlando City general manager at Nikki Budalich. Now, I want to preface this interview by saying we did not ask Nikki about the Kyle Laren situation. Why, you may ask? Well, because we were told no in certain terms that all we were going to get is the message that Orlando City put out. Kyle Laren is a player signed to Orlando City. We have not gotten an offer that we've uh, accepted from Besiktas. And uh, they will be taking action against Vashikas. And that's, that's all really he was ever going to say. Didn't make any sense to waste his time and our time to keep badgering him about it. And then just, it just makes him irritated and not want to answer our other questions. So we asked him a bunch of questions about the draft and the combine and some of these signings that we just talked about. And why don't we get to that interview and we'll get to it right after this. All right, joining us on the Mainland Podcast, very happy to have with us uh, Orlando City General Manager Nikki Budalich. Nikki, thanks for being back uh, on the podcast with us.
2: No problem, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, I guess we're going to definitely ask a lot about the the combine that's going on. Very exciting time in Orlando, and also the draft coming up this week. But uh, I guess uh, it would be probably a good place to start is uh, today's announcement as we record this on Monday night. Uh, Josue Colman from uh, Paraguay uh, signed and sealed and delivered. Nicky, congratulations on the signing. What can you tell us about this 19-year-old and and how long has, at only 19, how long has he been on your radar?
2: Yeah, um, well, we we noticed him uh, for the first time playing in Copa Sudamericana last year um, and been tracking him for over a year. Um, He's definitely an exciting prospect. Um, one of those players that that really jumps out at you uh, when you're watching. Um, You know, I think with his age, um, we obviously feel there's a lot of upside, um, but he's the type of player that um, we feel can come in, make an impact right away, but still have room to grow.
1: Well, uh, Nicky, obviously uh, between uh, Jose and then uh, um, Sasha, we're adding plenty of uh, midfield talent. Um, Has that been a, a major focus for you recently?
2: I mean, definitely. I think um, with uh, with the way we're trying to build the squad, um, adding some more attacking pieces um, that can keep possession, that can play through the middle, but offers us uh, a complementary skill set was, was really important. Um, so the combination of the two of those players, we feel that guys that can contribute to the attack, but also create and or score goals.
0: Where do you see them uh, fitting alongside uh, Yoshi Yotun in terms of the, the attacking midfield?
2: Well, I think that's up to Jason uh, to kind of figure out in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I think they have complementary skill sets. Um, you know, I, we we see Sasha as a more traditional uh, passing number ten. And I think Koscielny can 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 play that ten role, but he can also play further up the pitch uh, as a second striker um, because of his pace, because of his ability to play one v one. So really, it's going to you know be a matter of uh, playing around with the formations and uh, and having a look at them in different roles.
1: Um, speaking, Michael speak, spoke of the uh, the attack in midfield. Um, obviously, you we know, we still going to have uh, holding midfielders as, as well. Um, who um, who are we going to be slotting in uh, on the backside? You know, with the three of those guys up top.
2: You know, I think with Christian um, and uh, a few other pieces that we're looking at. Um, you know, I think that we'll have some some options uh, in that role as well.
0: Nikki, I want to turn the attention to the Combine. Obviously, it's a thing that, like a lot of fans, don't really have a great, I think, idea of the Combine and and what all you guys do there. Uh, What is your approach to, you know, these college kids that come in and they're kind of thrown together at, you know, in sort of an all-star tournament format? Uh, How much can you really uh, tell from a player uh, the way they perform with, with guys they've never played with before?
2: I think it's very difficult. Um, you know, I think uh, we do a lot of, of work outside of the combine that gives you a better perspective and picture of the of the full um, uh, skill set that each player has. Um, you know, I think it would be uh, naive to, to come here and just assess players based on these performances. Um, having said that, some of the players that come in, you don't really see a lot of. Um, so you do put more weight on their performances here. But, um, I, you know, I think over the years and having – seeing these combines and getting uh, you know uh, some experience in, in watching that, you kind of get a sense of which players you know transition um, out of these these environments and, and into MLS better. So we, we go based off that. but we've we've had several of these players come and train with us over the course of the last year or two and um, we' we're, 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 we're pretty confident in, uh, in our evaluations.
1: Uh, obviously, having a, uh, the Combine here uh, has, has got to be in a, a, at least a, a sleeping-your-own-bed advantage for you. Uh, is there anything else that it uh, is doing for uh, for the club or for, for you in, in, in taking a look at these players?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's great to have the event here. I'm not sure how much you sleep, but um, <laughs> you at least uh, get the chance to, to host, uh, host some people here. And I think... Uh, uh, there's a lot. It's a, it's a it's a very large networking event. So with the the number of people from the soccer industry that come to town and being able to meet more people and they get a better perspective and uh, opinion of of the club. Uh, obviously, exposing our stadium and uh, and things like that are are very beneficial.
0: Nikki, what is uh you know you guys have the the first your first pick is at number six. You obviously have a, a draft board with, the with you know, who you think might, you know, how, how you rank the players and you're hoping guys that are high fall to you and that kind of thing. But what is your real, like, how, how do you approach the draft in terms of, are you looking for the best player available regardless of position? Or are you looking for a certain style to, to fit uh, Jason's, you know, what Jason wants to do? Are you looking at a particular position? Is it all of those things or, or uh, you know, do you have some other criteria by, by what you're trying to do with this number six pick.
2: Um, I would say that our general approach would be to, to select the best player uh, available while also factoring in, you know, what our needs are mm-hmm. uh, and how those players would complement our existing roster. So I think all of that comes into play. Um, switching gears slightly.
1: I, I, I know that, uh, Michael and I, uh, have come to expect, uh, these signings to come fast and furious, just not fast and furious, uh, early on. Um, you guys seem to have a, a, uh, penchant for, um, holding your cards closely and, you know, picking, obviously picking the guys you want, but it, it being, you know, nobody that, uh, that we're expecting. And, and it, it, I'll be honest; it, it drives the readers nuts, um, and then and then and and then by that factor, the readers drive us nuts um, because they keep asking, and we keep saying it's okay. Don't worry; it's going to happen. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about you know your guys' process in doing that, and why it seems that way to
2: the average fan. Well, you know, I would say that um, we're quite comprehensive and strategic in how we approach our recruitment. Um, you know, we're very very thorough. Um, we do, we put a lot of work, uh, into these signings. I think, um, I think it's very important, um, to make sure that we have full confidence in in some of the decisions we make because, um, transitioning players out can be more difficult, uh, in MLS than, than other leagues around the world. So, um, you know, I think that that is one of the reasons, but I also think that um, given the time of year, um, like I've made some, some, uh, comments in the past with players being under contract, um, and being your uh, clubs being in the middle of their season, generally in Europe, um, it is difficult. Uh, several times, not only in this window, but other windows, where you you come to terms with players, you come to terms with the clubs, um, and you're full agreement. But the clubs want uh, to find a replacement before authorizing the sale. Um, it actually happened with Yoshimar Yotún, where we agreed terms very early uh, in the summer window, um, but unfortunately, Malmö insisted that uh, they find a replacement before they would let him move on and it took three or four weeks um so uh, i think part of it is the nature of the market and i think part of it is um how how thorough we are in in our approach
0: speaking of that nikki what what uh you know what are you look what are you targeting for the remainder of the transfer window in terms of maybe a, a rough estimate of how many more guys you want to bring in what types of positions you'd like to still uh
2: provide cover for you know i think uh I think center-back's an obvious need for us and we'll be reinforcing that position. Um, I think we would consider another attack-minded player. uh, And uh, depending on uh, any future uh, moves from our current roster players going out, um, we would look to replace them. Um,
1: Well, uh, center-back obviously is uh, is a... uh Position of need, um, as you said, is there, uh, would you be looking, um, for somebody more experienced or, um, trying to plug in somebody younger, you know, like you're doing, uh, with, uh, Coleman?
2: I think it would be a position that we would want someone with more experience. Um, but I, I also think that we'll look to add, uh, potentially multiple players there. So, um, we, it would probably be a balance between those two, uh, the two new players. Um.
0: You know, one thing I, I know that a lot of our readers don't have a lot of information on is the the new fullback uh, bringing in Mohammed uh, El Munir. What can you tell our mm-hmm. our you know our listeners and our readers at the mainland about him? What kind of intrigued you about him as a player? And, and um, you know, what what is he like?
2: Well, I, I would say he's a very very competitive player. Um, he's the type of player that is going to be comfortable both in attack and in defending. Um, he's aggressive. He is athletic. Um, he has good pace. He is technical. Um, we feel confident that he will be able to provide us more of an attacking threat uh, up the left side uh, and, and definitely bring a lot of competition uh, to that position with their existing players.
1: Now we, we've talked about some of these guys that uh, a lot of the readers may not have heard of. Um, uh, I'm sure all of them have heard about Sasha's. So, um, what was it about uh, bringing him him in to the fold that uh, that you guys liked? Um, how do you see his role?
2: Yeah, with um, with Sasha, I think we had many uh, number ten targets that we were looking at, and, and obviously when you're evaluating uh, positions, you look both inside the league and outside. And um, we were focused on on Coleman uh, from early on, and we felt like we didn't want to put all the pressure. Uh, on him uh, at his age so um the 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 combination of 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 him and 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 colman together i think was very attractive um but specifically to sasha i think the fact that he's been successful at every club he's gone to the fact that he's been successful in mls and he's a leader um he's a he's a very feisty and, and and competitive character and i think from our perspective it was really important uh to bring in players uh to help change the mentality in this club you know i think um we've it's been a theme for us uh for a while now and uh it's it was a priority uh to find players who want to win have something to prove
1: um before michael asks his next question i, I want to get one quick follow-up on that and that's um mm-hmm. uh, can you guarantee that he is not going to shave the
2: stash uh you know what i i can't make that guarantee <laughs> um either way so um, dang it maybe we can make it a, a poll or a contest. That, uh, we we involve, uh, involve involve the fans on uh, on that decision. So I'm
1: looking to so much stash. That's that's I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know
0: how to follow that, um, <laughs> Nikki. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to to ask you again about the draft because that that is kind of a focus of, of you right now in, in terms of you know your attention, and uh, you know it's it's kind of an unusual draft in that I mean I guess it's not that unusual in that you only have. Uh, One pick because there's there's been a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of trading of draft picks uh, by this club and and using that as that asset, uh, you know, to move around and and move some pieces around. But I wanted to get your sense of what the what the true depth and positions are in this draft and and where, you know, what are some of the thinner positions uh, that that, you know, our readers should be looking at uh, in terms of, you know, where where teams are picking and, and what players will be available.
2: Um, you know, I think, I think it's a good draft. I think you have a good depth of, of talent. Um, you know, I, I would say, uh, there's a lot of attacking pieces. I think in general, there's, there's more, uh, GA players in this draft than, than previous, uh, years. Um, so that makes it more intriguing. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be an interesting draft. I think you have a, a bunch of teams that, um, have a lot of similar needs, but you also have, uh, some teams that are outside of the top 10 that, um, I think are going to be aggressively pursuing uh, a top pick. So, Um, I would expect a lot of movement,
0: um,
2: and it should be an interesting day.
0: How much interest do you have at moving up or down?
2: You know, I I think, obviously I don't want to give away too much, but I would say that um, uh, we would be very comfortable uh, staying uh, in our current position and uh, feel confident that we would be picking someone that could help our roster. Um, Having said that, I think uh, we'd also be open both to, to trading up and down. Because uh, I think there's a few interesting guys uh, at the top, and, and, and guys that we would expect to fall down uh, further. Uh, but a, of course, it's a guessing game, and uh, a lot happens between uh, I would say uh, tonight and uh, and Friday morning. Uh, now that the second day is done, uh, people are getting a better uh, feel for uh, the players in uh, in, the, in this pool, and uh, I would expect uh, a flurry of phone calls between now and then.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, as you said, you know, you've you've got to finish up the combine and then uh, and to the draft. Uh, what is it? What is this time of the year like
2: for you? Yeah, uh, really hectic. Um, between uh, you know the the combine and all the college stuff, but uh, trying to finalize a lot of our international signings, getting all the paperwork in. Um, you know, it's it's it's, it's definitely hectic.
0: Uh, Nikki, before we let you go, I just want to follow up too on on one of the things that our readers like to do is try to put together the MLS puzzle, which is, of course, a very difficult process process. It's like mm-hmm. all the all the pieces are the same color and you don't know where anything goes. But one of the things that they like to do is try to figure out international slots. Is uh, can we look forward mm-hmm. to any of the current internationals uh, picking up green cards by the start of the season?
2: Um, We are very far down the line with uh, four international players converting to green cards. Um, So that um, will help us a lot um, with the moves that we've made, but also a few of the moves that we uh, expect to finish uh, in the coming weeks.
0: Outstanding. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for being with us uh, on a very hectic, very busy week. I will let you go, and and, and uh, you know, I would say go get some sleep, but you're not going to do that. That way we all know that. Um, <laughs> thanks so much right. for being with us on the Mainland Podcast, and and uh, best of luck to you in Philadelphia. Hope to get, hope you get the guy you want.
2: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks.
0: Okay. Big thanks to Nikki Budalich for uh, being with us in a very. Amazingly busy time of year for him. Um, it started out with me just asking for him at the combine and say, to, to ask a couple of questions about the draft. It became a phone call, and I'm like, well, if he's going to get on the phone, maybe we just uh, interview him and record it and put it on the podcast. So, always be opportunistic, Dave. I guess is the the lesson here. That's why you're in charge, sir. Turn a negative into a positive. Oh, I can't get him today. I got to be on the phone. Okay. And then you then you then you figure it out, and then you you get more out of it than you originally planned.
1: Actually. That's why you get the big bucks.
0: <laughs> uh, I would I do wish we'd ask him about uh, Danny Weatherholt uh, re-signing and the status of the other Pride players, though, because. Uh, we were, we, I, I was so cognizant of the time I was watching the clock the whole time we were interviewing him. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my, I have so many questions. I want to ask him that the time's ticking away and our, our window's closing. So we just kind of hit the, the highest parts uh, points and, and, you know, sort of the way we interview anyway is we, we kind of interviewed the way the conversation goes. So uh, Correct. we didn't quite get it back around to the pride, but it would have been nice to have had, you know, five more minutes at least to talk about, uh that stuff so why don't you and i discuss it now because you know why not we got nothing better to do yeah no we really don't (laughs) so hopefully this half of the or this uh, hopefully it's not half of the podcast this usually i call this stoppage time but i think it's going to be much more than stoppage time i think it's going to be extra time plus stoppage time and maybe even a shootout at the end dave if you're if you're up to it (laughs) um we're going to, we're going to PKs, yeah, people. we're going to penalty kicks that's right uh so let's talk a little bit about women's soccer um danny weatherholt as i mentioned uh midfielder for the pride one of four players that uh, were not under contract at the end of the season she re-signed on january 9th again part of a very busy month mm-hmm. uh that just uh, kind of coincided with okay they got the last podcast out of the way
1: now go now <laughs> Because that's (laughs) that was what was holding them back. Exactly.
0: You know, they're just circling their calendars waiting for that podcast to drop. And as soon as it did, they made their move and made another move and another move and they just kept making their move. Uh, So it's nice to have Danny back. She and Alana Kennedy. A pretty formidable defensive midfield for. Uh, Orlando Pride last year, I thought they did a good job of keeping the ball and shielding the back line as much as possible uh, to allow the very attack minded style that Tom Cermani uh, instituted last year. And and Marta and Camilla and and, um, you know, uh, Alex Morgan, obviously, uh, you know. All of these players, Rachel Hill, Chia Bogagu, Jasmine Spencer, they were able to get forward because of players like Danny Weatherholt and a lot of Kennedy pressuring the ball and creating turnovers and and that kind of thing. And uh, the three remaining unsigned players, Kennedy, coincidentally, is one of them, uh, as well as Steph Catley and Chi Abogugu. My understanding is they're all expected to re-sign. although I know there are some nervous pride fans out there then we you know we're not hearing anything. Uh, you know, two of those players are playing in Australia right now. They got other things on their mind. Um, yep. and they'll deal with it when the time is right. But I expect that those are all going to get done. Uh, what are your thoughts on Danny resigning and, and, and how she, uh, has developed uh, over the last couple of years?
1: Um, uh, I'm ecstatic about it. Uh, you know, we mentioned the other three, uh, um, with, uh, Kennedy, Catley, and, and, uh, Chi, and I, 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 I like you fully expect everybody to be back. Um, as far as, uh, Danny goes, you know, she, um, uh, She's developed into a really solid uh, starter. Um, she had what ton of minutes on the field, fourteen hundred eighty-six minutes. Um, you know, she had one goal, one assist. But you know, she's midfielder. You're not looking for that kind of production. What you're looking for, like you said, is is protecting that back line. And um, you know, she only had one yellow. Um, and yeah, she, I, I think she's a good, solid midfielder that was part of a club that made that run at the end. And you know, she's that midfield is the linchpin, mm-hmm. and she was a part of that linchpin. So if we can, if we can get her back and we can get everybody else back, uh, and, and then have Tom add whatever pieces he needs to, um, I feel. I feel excellent about this team. And as, as listeners and readers know, I'm a big pride fan. And, um, I expect to, uh, I expect for all of this to, uh, sort itself out, you know, probably, if, if not by the next time we get together, but, you know, shortly thereafter. And, um, I'm, you know, she's still, she still has room to grow too. I mean, it's not like, you know, she's hit, she's hit her ceiling by any means. So, um, it's, it's it's a it's a good re-signing. It was what needed to be done. I had no doubt that it would be done. Just like I don't have any doubt about the other three.
0: Yeah, Danny is a player that still has a lot of room for growth. She's she's been in the U.S. Uh, youth setup. She's certainly capable of you know potentially getting her first uh, U.S. Women's National Team cap in, in the not too distant future. I thought that the the team really. Excelled when when she and Kennedy when Kennedy was moved forward into into a mm-hmm. midfield position uh, with Weatherholt uh, to to work either side of the creator whether that was Camilla or whether that was Marta at the t- you know on any given day yep. uh, I thought that the the team really took off from that point on it was really good to see her you know as a as a player drafted in the first uh, the first NWSL draft that the Pride took part in uh, come in and and really play well. And you know, she's still got some some room for improvement, but I think I think we gave her like a like a really solid like a seven or something for the season grade, and and I, I stand by that. I think she really was a good uh, a good player for Orlando City. Again, able to pressure the ball, able to run all day, uh, shielding the back line, you know, anticipating movements, anticipating passes, um, you know, a, a lot of good takeaways that led to transitions, and uh, she, her first pro goal was. Um, You know, basically a sitter, but it it was it was a sitter that was an incredible goal. If you go back and watch it. Uh, Great uh, ball forward from Monica that the keeper, uh, you know, flubbed a little bit, but a a little bit under pressure by Alex Morgan. Then Alex Morgan hustle uh, hustle play to keep it alive and gave it to Camilla. Camilla just absolutely.
1: um, Oh, yeah.
0: Rest in peace, defender. Uh, because that was one of those where uh, she killed her. She ended her career right there, went around her, uh, and gave Danny a sitter for her first uh, NWSL goal. So it was nice to see. Um, expect big things from the Pride. They're going to, of course, be drafting on Thursday. Uh, they have one pick. It's in the third round. Um <laughs> It's too bad Tom couldn't uh, get rid of that pick, so he didn't have to go to Philadelphia uh, <laughs> make that trip. You know, he could have had a day off. But uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he he's still got to go because he's got one pick. Uh, so they do all their drafting in one fell swoop, uh, four rounds. So the pride won't be on the clock for quite a bit unless they trade up. And you never know what could happen because uh, Tom Cermani, Dave, is looking for, uh, as he said on our show, because, you know, we get the best guests here, I'm telling you. Um, as he said, he's looking for some physical players. He's looking to get, you know, to get to the point where these these defenses that, uh, you know, teams like Portland have can't push them around, can't knock them off the ball. And, right. and I think it's uh, I think that's the kind of players he's going after. Um, it'll be interesting to see who he plays, who he p- picks up, uh, how the offseason plays out. I'm sure there'll be some movement. I really didn't anticipate some of the movement we've seen in the NWSL. We've seen some crazy trades already. Um and, uh, you know, we've seen Allie Long trade, you know, change teams. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, even just today, earlier, we saw the rights of Crystal Dunn traded from Washington to North Carolina. You know, the, the runners up uh, for the league and the champions the year before. Uh, and they got Crystal Dunn to add to an already pretty potent attack with Jessica McDonald and mm-hmm. Lynn Williams. Uh, but they had, they gave up a lot to get her. They gave up Ashley Hatch uh, and they gave up... Um, uh, Taylor Smith, uh, U.S. women's national team, up and coming fullback. So, uh, a lot going on. And, uh, you know. Yeah, and that
1: one came out of the blue.
0: Yeah. The NWSL is, is uh, certainly had a lot of movement. Of course, uh, the new team out in Utah. Um, also, you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, the coach from Seattle uh, for like about a half a day was uh, in the U.S. Women's National Team program. Then she went out to Utah. <laughs> Kansas City's coach went to Seattle. It's it's all happening in NWSL. It's all happening, Dave. And uh, it, it it's going to be fun from here on out. The NWSL announced today they're moving up their start date so that they can be done by World Cup qualifying. They are going to start in um uh, February instead of March and it's going to be which is nice it's gonna you know I think they should be starting earlier I'm sorry they're gonna start in March instead of April so everybody's gonna be starting in March this year MLS and WSL and USL and uh, that's a sad thing we'll talk about a little bit um <laughs> so <laughs> Tom Cermani make this team a little bit better because some of these other teams have certainly gotten better in the offseason um you know, oh, oh, we didn't even mention that, uh, you know, Kelly O'Hara left Sky Blue to go join that new team in Utah. So. Oh, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's been a ton.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot. And I think also I think Sky Blue uh, made out pretty good in that trade as well. with Shay Groom going that way and that kind of thing. So uh, NWSL is, uh, is going to be exciting. They're back on lifetime this year. Uh, So it's good to see that partnership going strong Mm -hmm. and it's going to be uh, nice to see the Pride on national television. Hopefully they'll be almost every week because I really hate the Go90 app and watching it online.
1: Well, and and here's here's the first uh, of the year. Uh, Go watch the Pride. It's excellent football. You will like it. (laughs) Go read.
0: Go read Dave's story.
1: Yes. Go read my story. It's trust me. Just do it. Okay.
0: All right. Speaking of women's soccer, Dave. And uh, Alex Morgan, uh, also uh, speaking of her, the She Believes Cup coming right here to Orlando this year. So we're going to get to see uh, Alex Morgan. We're going to get to see the U.S. women's national team on the same field where the U.S. men's national team won a World Cup qualifying match.
1: Yeah, that bodes well because we we know how uh, – as a matter of fact, go see my other article, which was the fourth – uh, top moment of uh, last season, which was uh, that men's national game. And, uh, um, yeah, so uh, they'll be there. Alex will be there. Um, we've got Germany, England, and uh, France uh, coming to join. Talk about a stellar uh, a group of teams to, to go watch, you know, play some of the best women's soccer in the world. I, it, it's going to be fan, And it's going to be in the backyard.
0: Mm-hmm. US, there's,
1: there's no excuse.
0: U.S. ranked number one in the world to end uh, 2017. Germany is ranked second. England third. France sixth. So three, you know, four of the top six teams in the world playing the tournament is going to be decided here in Orlando. The final uh, day of the tournament is Wednesday, March 7th, right here in Orlando. After uh, they will play in uh, Columbus uh, the previous Thursday, or um, yeah, and then uh, Red Bull Arena on Sunday. So it's. Uh, they're going to be playing in the cold and then they're going to come down here in nice, warm Florida for some cramps, some some heat cramps. Uh, I'm sure except, can... except for Alex. Yeah, she'll be used to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be fun, Dave, to see that. It's uh, it's always fun to see the national team in person. And, uh, you know, just another great event uh, at Orlando City Stadium. It's not it's only been standing hadn't even been a year yet since it opened and already a World Cup qualifier, a Women's College Cup Final Four an NWSL championship. She believes cup is coming. Almost uh, combine. Yeah. Combine is just crazy. But, you know, soccer,
1: it's, it's almost like they like the stadium.
0: Soccer capital of the South, Dave. That's all I'm saying. Soccer capital of the South. Go buy our new shirt. Uh, there is a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm checking the site every day. It's can I can I, can I apply for credentials yet? Can I apply for credentials yet? <laughs> uh, really looking forward to it. I And it's going to, it's going to be heartbreaking when I get credentials, but I can't sit in the press box because there's just so much press. I'm going to have to sit in some of the erected uh, tables out in the s- seating area. That's what they did for the men's team. So, uh, uh, I'm,
1: and I'm sure it'll, I'm wait, sure this is going to uh, surely uh, uh, the mainland will be in the press box.
0: Well, they they were not for the men's team, so probably will not be for the women's team either. <laughs> Uh yeah, there's it's believe it or not there's national outlets that they that that somehow hold more take, sway than we do.
1: They take uh, preference over us.
0: Yeah, I don't know why it's hard to believe. That's weird. It's a head scratcher. Yeah, you know, what what, is, what does ESPN.com need to be there for? I don't know. Slackers. <laughs> anyway, so Dave, I'm really excited about this. I think it's a great event. I hope that all of our listeners get to go and see this. Um, you know, it, like I said, it's the third match day of the tournament. It'll be a double header and um, you know the tournament will essentially be decided on the last day. So, uh you might get to see the US women's national team uh, win a trophy even though it's just like, you know, a friendly tournament.
1: Who cares? You get to go watch them. Yeah, exactly. Okay,
0: so I think this is actually a good time to maybe segue into our mailbag before we get to our our last real topic. Um, because we got a lot of questions about the Pride, actually.
1: Oh, well, okay, let's go.
0: So I'm going to go to the the Twitter. I haven't gotten anything in the email. Have you got anything in the email?
1: I've not gotten anything in the email.
0: So on the Twitter, uh, we'll start with Alexis wants to know in which position you guys think the Pride should add players. Do you believe uh, we will have all the internationals back? And I think we've kind of already touched on this. I, I think... That yes, the, the Australians will be back. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's obviously not a sure thing until it's announced, but I, I'm pretty sure they're leaning toward coming back, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Chi will also sign her contract offer. Um, it just hasn't been done yet. I think actually some of these deals may even be done, and they're just been, you know, waiting for the right time to announce them. So uh, yeah. we got the Danny Weatherhold announcement. Um, I know Tom Surmani's been in draft mode, so it's it's a little bit. Tough to say, but uh, I think that I think they'll be back. And what position do I, do I think they'll add players? I think they're going to look for some defense or some midfield help with physical, big physical players uh, that are hard to knock down. And, um, you know, potentially even uh, like a really good size forward, you know, like a obviously not a Sam Kerr. If there's a hey, if there's a Sam Kerr out there, if we'll there's We'll gladly take her. But, yeah, somebody that's really difficult to to uh, to bounce around. Of course, uh, you know, when there's contact with Jasmine Spencer, she's flying into the fifth row because she's not very big. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, you know, and then it's this whole mess because she doesn't have a ticket stub and then the ushers get all bent (laughs) out of shape, um, you know. So, yeah.
1: And yeah, there's. All kinds of people get involved. It's really not pretty. <laughs> and uh, she keeps saying, No, look, look, I'm wearing a uniform.
2: Um,
1: no, I agree with you. Um, just like, uh, you know, when we interviewed Tom, I mean, it's, it's, he's looking for size. Um, no matter where it is on the field, that's, that's what we'll be seeing. I, I agree that it'll probably be either uh, in the defense or in the midfield. Um, my initial thought is uh, midfield first, but, um, you know, that it's just going to be who's available and who he can get. And it'll, it'll come down to that.
0: Yeah. I, I I certainly think that if there's a dynamic right back type player, that that's a a position that might be hard for him to turn down. If there's somebody in that, that's still sitting there in the third round. Um, So also I I might add that our um, former mainland staffer, Luis Hernandez also asked the same question, what position and or type of player do the pride draft. I, I certainly think that Tom is trying to add, some physical play so that the, the, the teams that are the, the, the really locked down defenses uh, can't just knock them around and, and be physical with them. I think he wants to he wants to increase the physical nature of the pride. I think he will go out and do that. How that's going to happen, I'm not sure. He's got to basically if everybody resigns, he's got a full roster. So there's going to have to probably be some type of movement. And who knows that could happen here at the draft when he's got the other GMs, you know, handy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we might see another blockbuster, you know, multiplayer deal in the NWSL this week. So that's something that I'm looking. uh, I'm I'm very interested to see if that happens. Um, You know, I don't I couldn't tell you what players that he might be going after. Of course, in the third round, you're talking about players I'm not going to be as familiar with. (laughs) Um, Right. I I will say that I I watched a few more games than just the college final four uh, on the women's side. But I would not call myself any kind of an expert on uh, the college game. So I don't know who he would be actually drafting. But I do know that the defense is not where he wants it to be. Um, I'm sure he would like to have a physical center back so he can move Allie out to the right side. Yeah. Um, That would be something that I think he would be very interested in. Uh, But if he does keep Allie in the middle... He's going to need a right back because that was that was a problem for the team this past year. And I think that will be addressed at some point this offseason. So we'll see how it works.
1: I'm looking Um, forward to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, We have also other questions that were not pride related, which is also good because because we know we can answer any question. It may not have the right answer, but we can answer any question that you throw at us. Um, Let's go to. (laughs) Hey, this is funny. Another former mainlander. Do you remember Daniel McGann? I do. He actually is a former podcast co-host.
1: My and, goodness! Yeah,
0: actually, Luis has been on uh, on the podcast before as well. Uh, Daniel wants to know the impact of the roster moves. Who is playing in defense? Uh, well, right now, just two guys, just two center backs, and a whole bunch yep. of fullbacks. Uh, yep. But uh, yeah, right now uh, you're just having Specter. You're just having Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, there's going to have to be more players brought in. And, uh, you know, that's. I, I, I certainly think, based on what Nikki told us, that is going to be addressed.
1: And you prob- have, you probably have two. Next. You have two definite starters in, in Sutter and Spectre. Uh, you, you then have um, whoever they bring in to battle, uh, AHA for the second center back and um, whatever comes of the, uh, the the competition on the left side. And, and hopefully they add some more beyond that because mm-hmm. we need the depth.
0: I think they bring in a veteran player who, who as Nicky said, they're not interested in a young player for that particular role. A, nope. a an experienced center back will be brought in to pair with Specter and then i think there'll be another young guy to pair, to pair uh, as another backup with aha i think there's two center backs coming and certainly i think um, that uh, we're we're not maybe done with with it right there i think it's a, if a forward or a midfielder uh, another one will be added so we'll central defense central midfield and maybe a forward so i think we still got some 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 yeah, wiggling there's... there to do
1: yeah, there's good three, maybe four <laughs> more things to happen.
0: Uh, Kyle Laren's saga, uh, <laughs> he, he just says, "Ha ha?" Uh, Question mark. We talked about that at pretty good length. Um, yep. we, we, it's it's a circus, it's a clown show, whatever you you know, whatever, however you want to describe it. It's uh, it's not good for anybody, and hopefully it will be over sooner rather than later. Uh, cooler heads need to prevail there, and the rhetoric from Turkey has to stop. That's that's. That's a good starting point. Orlando City did go out and get uh, get themselves an accomplished lawyer to uh, to deal with. I think he's the guy that, that handled the Neymar. Uh, uh, oh, nice. Okay. I think he's the guy that handled the Neymar exit from. But uh, yeah, he's so he he he's he's probably a guy that kind of can, yeah. can figure this thing out. So uh, thank you for writing, Daniel McGann. Um, Spot, Spot wants to know. This, that's the Twitter name. It's, it's not actually probably the real name, although I couldn't say for uh, sure.
1: I was gonna say we can't we can't yeah. make it that. Assumption. can't rule
0: it out. El Munir a better fit than Toya for the Diamond. Don't you get your attacking width from the fullbacks? Yeah, I think that uh, El Munir mm-hmm. might be a better fit for the Diamond. And also, I just think he gives you like I like I said earlier, Dave. I think he gives you that dynamic, speedy, shifty player that will keep teams from being able to sort of play left-handed and and kind of try to shut Sutter down so I think he's you know he he certainly may end up being more worrisome uh, on that left side than than Sutter is uh, because Sutter doesn't quite have that kind of pace so I think um, it may even open things up even more for Sutter uh, than just like if you had like another Sutter on the other side you know what I mean
1: sure and 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 while he's not a mirror for sutter like you say uh, you know a little bit more dynamic a little bit more uh, a pace obviously um obviously not as much experience but um it's it, uh it, it gives gives the opposition something they have to worry about they can't as you said simply you know not go towards sutter so um you know that's and then if you know assuming that we get that center back signing that we're we're hoping for well then suddenly you've got a decent back line and um uh, when you pair that with uh, hopefully a uh, uh, a good holding midfielder, suddenly uh, defense is a, a much better position than they were uh, last season, which was a uh, uh, concern. Would be a light word to use, but uh, during a lot of last season, it was a concern.
0: They tell me a good defense is very important.
1: I've heard I've heard defense wins championships. Yeah. Something
0: something wins championships. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that El uh, Muneer is a better fit for the diamond. I think that Toya is a he's a I think really Toya will be a valuable player, though, this year. If he doesn't start, I think he's going to be a valuable second half sub when you're going defense for offense. I think that that's, you know, when yeah. Toya's Toy not trying to get forward, he's a, an incredibly, you know, an incredibly solid left back. Um yeah. Very sound. I, very
1: I never s- had any big problems with Donnie. He just, I, I think we were in, in, in the review for the season. I mean, we, we said, look, he was okay. I mean, he's solid. Just wasn't what we needed. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think he's he's uh, he's when he's just concentrating on keeping the other team out. I think he's positionally very sound. He's very hard to beat one V one. The way you beat him is with pace. And I, if he's you know, if he's if he's uh, conceding midfield you know, to you, then you're not going to beat him for pace because he's already going to be back. So, yeah, um, yeah. so I, I think El will will bring a new wrinkle to this team that we haven't seen, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all works. And I can't help it, Dave. Anytime you say Donnie, I always want to say, who loved bowling? <laughs> Donnie, who loved bowling? Um, and the people, the right people will get that. <laughs> not everybody will get that, but the right people <laughs> will get that. Um, okay. <laughs> You know what that's from, right? Yeah. yeah, Okay. Uh, Okay. uh, One more question in the Twitters. Wendell Jenkins wants to know, this is something we're going to talk about in a minute, but I want to give him credit uh, for the question. Any more center back options, which rumors we should keep an eye on? Um, Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. I got my people confused. Okay. So, any more center back options or rumors we should keep an eye on? Let's get this one. There's one more, actually.
1: Um. I haven't seen anything, so you'll have to you'll have to take the lead on this one.
0: Okay, so the center back rumors that we've heard, Gregory Certich is one, obviously, of somebody that's oh, uh, been yes, in, right. the, in the in the news before. Uh, there's this uh, uh, partisan uh, Belgrade defender that they've talked about. Uh, nothing concrete. Nothing really that um, you know makes me think that anything is imminent. Uh, you know, as you know, any MLS rumors of a player going stateside, generally Orlando City's going to come up, especially if it's in a position <laughs> of need for Orlando City. So uh, it's hard to say how much of that is, a, is an agent leaking some information to potentially get their player more money or whatever. But, you know, we have, you know, we've talked about a little bit in Lion Links, but nothing major because we didn't really have anything much to go on in terms of, you know, reliable information. Uh but no, there hasn't been too much. The Surtich thing has been very quiet for a while. Uh, but again, I think this will be, if it isn't, if it isn't Surtich, I think it's going to be somebody that, we, again, we don't is kind of flying under the radar.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but uh, you know, one thing I, I will, I will credit Orlando City with doing is, if the player doesn't leak it, like uh, in the Coleman situation, and I I don't know that it was Coleman so much as people who knew him. Um, if he doesn't leak it usually they're pretty good at keeping it quiet until like a couple of days before.
1: Yeah. Um, it's that's, what's so uh, frustrating for uh, the supporters and the readers is, and that's why we get so many comments of why aren't they doing anything? It's like, well, they are, we just don't know about it. It's going to happen. Trust yeah. us. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I agree. I think that that's what this will be. It'll be, uh, we are, we are the Kings of the under the radar surprise signing that nobody thought of. And then suddenly it happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, as much as I would like to spend the day in Nikki's office with him listening to his phone calls, (laughs) he's never once invited me to do that. What? I think it's rude. I think it's kind of rude, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Plus, you know, I have a real job. (laughs) So they like it when I go to my real job sometimes. Yeah. The one that actually pays me a living wage. Right, living wage. Uh, The thing. I'm. Thank you for the for the uh, the Twitter question, Wendell. I uh, misspoke because Daniel McGann actually also asked a third question, Mm. uh, which we'll get into now. What if anything is going on with OCB? Uh, that's That was definitely on the list of topics of one of the huge, huge pieces of uh, information that dropped since our last conversation uh, here on the podcast, and that is that OCB is taking 2018 off. They're not playing USL soccer in 2018, so we just have the two teams to cover, which from a staff perspective is awesome, uh, <laughs> but from a wanting-to-watch-OCB perspective sucks pretty big. Um yeah. so after 2 years It's less soccer we get to watch. Yeah, after after 2 years OCB on hiatus, they're reevaluating how they're going to approach the USL. Uh what that means, I think, is that they're going to be joining the USL Division 3 in 2019, uh which is going to be more geared toward the uh the developmental teams, i.e. the MLS 2 teams. Uh, And maybe some other, you know, some other smaller cities from around Uh, the competition won't be as good as Division two. But the USL has made such incredible strides as a Division two league that, you know, it's really leaving the developmental sides for the most part in the in the past. And I think there are a few teams that will there might be a few MLS two teams that try to make a go of it. But ultimately, we've seen that the MLS two teams don't draw well. They don't, uh, which is a problem because it's a, it's a financial problem for the league because the, the owners don't make as much money when there's not as many fans in the seats. And, you know, it's really hard for the MLS two teams to compete regularly. Now, I think I think Orlando City we will talk a little bit more about their academy in a minute is the kind of team that, again, you know, the last they made the playoffs in year one. They came within a whisker. Basically, if they don't give up a late goal against Bethlehem Steel, they probably make the playoffs this this year. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of right there on the cusp. You had New York Red Bulls too. New York Red Bull Academy players have been doing a great job of keeping that team in the playoffs. Uh, so there are some teams that can make it. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Swope Park Rangers, another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, which, incidentally, they just signed Haji Barry. So congrats did. To, congrats to Haji. It's, Absolutely. It's glad you could find some work. Good, good job. Good job with the job hunt. You did good. Um, But yeah, it's the the USL has kind of grown to that next tier now that, you know, much the chagrin of the NASL that they can they can do this now. They they, they're bringing in a I think what is going to end up being a proper structure, a a soccer structure in this country that we recognize from seeing the European structures, you know, that you got a clear cut division one, two, three, and that kind of thing. And you need all that in place, even the people that are in favor of promotion relegation, you need that in place before you can do that. And I think that it may come someday, but we're still what, twenty years into MLS. Yeah. And these other leagues are you know, have been around hundred plus years. You're yeah, right. So, you know, we're we're still we're still, you know, not even in puberty really in, in soccer terms in terms We're of structure. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think it's coming, and I think the MLS uh, two teams will mostly drop to that Division Three that that USL Division Three in 2019. I think that's where. OCB will end up and whether or not they're still called OCB, where they're going to play. I'm not sure, but I think that's where they're headed. And for right now, it's going to be interesting because I think Riley Kraft is still under contract. Don't know where he's going to end up. (laughs) Uh, Don't know where Pierre is going to play this year, given the fact that this team has brought in so much midfield talent. Um, I don't expect Pierre to, see big minutes on the on the MLS side this year and Richie Larea may not even see big minutes this year this could be a big year for Richie I think it's certainly a pivotal year Uh, if he can take another step forward this year like he did last year I think he may be a a pretty valuable bench player but uh, you know this team is really addressing that attacking midfield and these young guys are going to have trouble getting on the field kind of what we saw out of Jose Villarreal uh, out in L.A.
1: Right, and stepping back to the uh, uh, OCB part, um, I think that uh, the the move to that Division Three is uh, what you'll end up seeing is is it being exactly what Orlando City wants, which is a developmental squad. Um, you know, uh, the the step up, you know, academy to developmental, and then um, you know, eventually up into. Uh, MLS uh, as we progress, like you said, overseas. Um, and then, as far as um, uh, the guys, Pierre Silva, um, you know, we could see loans. We could see them being bench players. I, you know, and I'm not even sure what's best for them. Um, and and you know, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, you know, we we've got the. Um, you know, the preseason and, and, and seeing what uh, the guys are doing against these uh, the, the newcomers. So I, it's um, it'll be something to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, I don't know how it's going to shake out. But if if Pierre is moved this offseason, I don't anticipate that he will be. But, he, you know, you never know if the right deal comes along. Um, I think he'll be loaned out. You, these guys got to get minutes and I, they're not going to get MLS minutes. Uh, yeah. I think that probably doesn't hurt Richie Larea as much as it does Pierre Da Silva. But uh, I think you're going to see some loans, uh, possibly an affiliation for a one year. um, But I don't know who that would be with. Um, It might be interesting if, uh, you know, the – if Jacksonville or Miami had gotten – gone USL. I think that would have been Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting uh, little one-year deal maybe with them. But it's hard to say. But right now it's not – it's kind of a bummer. It really is. It's kind of a bummer that 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 is is gone, even if it's only for one year. It, it's I certainly think that this was something in the works. I don't think that it's something that, you know, the league, you know, the team acted like, well, you know, we're really committed to 2018 and USL and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that's true, because I, I think some of those guys that went to college would have been signed to homegrown contracts last year if that were true. right. I think there's just too much talent there. Uh, David Loera, for example. A guy like that, he should have been signed to a homegrown contract. There, there, and other guys, uh, uh, you know, Raul Aguilera. There's a few other guys that should have been signed to homegrown contracts, but without a place to play, uh, they went to college. And unfortunately, uh, the weird thing about this state is that all the, the major colleges have women's teams only. So yeah. they all went to like North Carolina and places, you know places you know schools up in north carolina and that kind of place so uh anyway that's what's up with ocb it's it's really disappointing for me uh it's really disappointing i think uh, for the club it feels like a step back even if it is only temporary but it certainly feels like a step back and we had uh our own brandon turton wrote about that this week along with the academy which uh, of course around the same time the ocb announcement came out right around that same time um another announcement since our last uh podcast is that the academy is moving to uh montverde and it's going to be kind of housed within the montverde academy well, i'm not sure how that's even going to work um there's pros and cons to it the cons from a from an outsider's perspective it looks like a cost cutting measure it looks like a oh we're really we can't really figure out how we're going to deal with this academy thing so we'll let someone else do it that's done it before right right it kind of has that feel to it um the plus side is that what Montverde does very well is it goes out and finds international players to come and play there. Now, if they mm-hmm. come and play there and then become part of the Orlando City Academy, they become homegrowns. And homegrowns are good. As you know, homegrowns, there's a lot of bonuses to homegrowns in terms of, of future sales, in terms of uh, you know uh, salary cap relief. There are many benefits to having homegrowns. So...
1: Um, there, there are some upsides to this.
0: Yeah, there's some there's some pluses, there's some minuses, and the at the end of the day, I don't know how it's going to shake out. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't like it from the perspective that we thought we were going to see a residential academy at the brand-new training facility in Lake Nona that may or may not happen. Uh, right. They kind of, every time I ask about it, yes, it's still going to happen. When are you going to break ground? Don't know. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it feels like they kick the can every time I ask, but... Um, You know, that's that's their prerogative. I mean, it's that's the way the game is played. I mean, they
2: they got it. They got
0: to do their thing. And I got to do my thing and ask. They got to do their thing and deflect if they don't have a solid answer. And you know, even if they're telling me the truth, it doesn't come off as truth because of what, you know, the other machinations that have that have taken place. So it's it's it, it looks bad and it looks exactly like Brandon described it uh, in some in some respects. I, I maybe wouldn't go as far as, as what he went in his his opinion, you know, his column. But I think that it certainly looks bad. It's even if it doesn't um, even if it in the long run, it's good right now. It's not passing the smell test, if that makes sense.
1: It, it feels like a stopgap measure. It feels like um, uh, both OCB and the move to Montverde feel like a. Um, it, it almost feels like a hey, we, we we took on too much onto our plate, and so we're gonna we're gonna shuttle off a little of this and a little of that, and and you know figure out how much we can actually eat, and then we'll start adding again later. Um, it, it, like I say, it, it, that that's how it feels. You're right. It it's um, so. Regardless, I think that um, it, if it's the move that they're making, well, guess what? It's it's what's happening. So get on board, figure out what the good parts are. Let's emphasize that. Let's see if we can get back to um, uh, a top to bottom from academy on up to MLS, which is what we would all hope and what was originally envisioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we all still hope happens at some point but um you know the reality is that we are where we're at and it may be that the the organization said hey um and and some of the moves that we've made in the off season, you know attest to this is that um we want to be a successful organi- organization and one of the ways we do that is, is we need to win so mm-hmm. starting at the top, let's go out and let's you know get into the playoffs and let's let's get some wins and things like that, and then we can uh, build from the top down. Now I'm always a bottom up builder kind of guy, but um, that does require the money and the long term vision. I think they have it. They may have gotten a little bit worried after a couple of years, and so they're kind of. Shuttle, they're they're using the circumstances around them to shuttle things off until they can bring it back together. Mm-hmm. That's my hope, uh, but uh, unfortunately, on that, just time will tell.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's funny because in in one respect, it feels like it, it feels like cost-cutting measures from one side, but the other thing is, if you look at it. It could work, and if it does work, and it's less expensive, and it still works, then it's a good thing. I mean, Montverde right. is a, is a you know, they're a proven uh, developers of talent. They know what they're doing in terms of recruiting. They can coach. Um, they've been successful. They've been a successful academy. So, if you can apply those principles to the, the Orlando City Academy, then you might have a winner there. You also might have a winner just, uh, you know, by moving the club, the OCB club, to Division Three, and... You know, why pay a bunch of guys and not get butts in the seats for one year when you could just, you know, reorganize it in a year? You know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But this is the thing that I look at it. And from one perspective, it looks like it looks like a complete mess. But from the other side, you look at it and say this could work and it could end up being way better than we think it could, you know, is going to be. So I like to always take a deep breath, step back from the ledge and let it play out. And yeah. then you know you could if you want to roast the club in two years because two or three years because it didn't work then then you do it then but then um, have at it Hoss yeah. but I, I am disappointed I I live near Lake N- Nona so I'm a little disappointed that that thing hadn't gotten off the ground yet so <laughs> that's a selfish uh, view but you know an honest one anyway but yeah, yeah. we we you know when we were kids and we play basketball or, or wiffle ball with each other and and there was a dispute you know we called a do over and it almost it feels like kind of like the team is is it's almost a do-over of the expansion of Orlando City into MLS. They, they went th- through that process really quickly. Yeah. And I think we can all agree that the team wasn't built the right way the first time around. Um, I don't think it's Adrian Heath's fault. And I don't yeah. even really necessarily think it was Paul McDonough's fault. I Phil Rollins was with this club, and his main thing is the academy is the basis for everything you do. And so there was a real, I think... Uh, focus on youth very early on the problem is the young players they brought in were complete misses when yeah. you look at a carlos rivas and a brian roches but i think almost everybody thought they were going to be really good players it's not like orlando city was the only team out there bidding for these players no and uh, and christian yaguita still could be could become much better than what he, we, he we've seen from him he he, he has he has really brilliant games
1: sometimes, Dave. He and, he grew at the end of uh, last season.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's certainly capable of taking another step or even two or three, and, and becoming something still, you know, that beyond what we've seen of him, you know, much beyond what we've seen of him so far. So, you know, they went young early. It didn't work out. Then the real fiasco happened with the Armando Carnero signing, uh, to bring him in to to be the new. Um, Director of what would they call him? Director of soccer, something like that. Chief, chief know. soccer officer, officer, I think is what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. Chief soccer CSO. officer. <laughs> yeah. So they brought it, and he and he didn't. Any two months, he was gone. Yeah. But in that two months, they had alienated Paul McDonough. and it really. It, it really sent the team into a bit of a tailspin that they're only kind of right now recovering. And it does feel like a do-over with the academy going to Montverde. It feels like a do-over restructuring OCB to maybe go to Division Three, And this entire rebuild of the roster is, a, is certainly a do-over. So in, in many respects, we're having a do-over. And, you know, it, we may look back someday and say, yeah, I don't know. Those first three years were kind of an abomination. And then we really kind of got our act together. <laughs>
1: Well, that's what we're hoping for, anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. We're, we're
1: mean, hanging our hat on that. We're really, yeah. really are. Because, yeah. because what else do we have right now? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, this has been a really long show, and I didn't even get to touch on Florida Cup, which has been amazing, and I, I hope that some of you got to go and, and see some of these games. It's really been a great tournament. It's, it gets better every year. That the the, uh, the Brazilian teams were disappointing, um, but I think we saw really nice surprises from. Uh, Rangers coming here and playing really well. I thought we saw some nice surprises from uh, the Ecuadorian team, uh, Barcelona, the other Barcelona coming in. And and, and right now with one game left, they lead the standings. Uh, The only team that can catch them is Colombia's Nacional. If they win by two or more goals, they can can still claim Florida Cups uh, crown. Uh, Rangers played well. PSV Eindhoven uh, really wowed some people with some of their young players. They came here. And they played some of their you know, veterans, but then for good chunks of games, they played a bunch of 18 to 20 year olds that really did the bulk of their goal scoring and got their chances. And it was really fun to watch that team. So a great tournament. They had uh, no games at Downtown Disney or not Downtown Disney, but uh, the, the Disney Wide World of Sports, uh, which is good because that was a terrible venue to cover <laughs> a match. It was not probably not too bad for a fan, but man. Covering the game there for, as a media member really sucks. It was nice to have a nice, comfortable press box. Two games at Orlando City Stadium. And then um, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday out at UCF Spectrum Stadium. And uh, there was one game uh, in uh, down in Broward County that was the only game we didn't cover so far because we don't have a South Florida correspondent. And uh, we have one game left coming up, St. Pete Lang Stadium on Saturday. That's Nacional. Uh, playing against uh, Legia Warsaw, and that is the final game of Florida Cup 2018. It's been a great tournament, so I hope that people got a chance to go experience that. And if not, go next year because they could use some more butts in the seats. And uh, you know, although some of the games had pretty decent crowds, um, but they could use that, and you could use some more soccer in the middle of the middle of the off season. I know I can. So. Uh, so there you have it. We had uh, we didn't really get to talk too much about the combine. Uh, we didn't really get to preview the draft so much. There's just so much going on, Dave. Um, we really might have to go bi-weekly next off season, <laughs> even through the even through the even through the holiday. If if Orlando City's going to do this, we they're going to do it, then and we I might have to. Damn, hope they don't need to sign 17 players next off season. <laughs> All right, so let's get ready to go. Uh, we've, All right. we've, 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 I think we've, we've overstayed our welcome. Before we go, uh, I have a five-star review on iTunes to read. Thank you, Flip824. As we mentioned, if you uh, go to iTunes and uh, give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, we will read that review on the air, and that's that's our our way of thanking you for. Uh, You know, you don't have to give us a five. If you think we're a a legit three, at least go and give us a three. (laughs) Um, But please uh, give us an iTunes rating and your honest iTunes ratings are appreciated. Uh, So Flip 824 says, "Okay, okay, you called me out on the air for not leaving a five star review that I promised I would because it is deserved. So here it is. The mainland podcast is a must for all Orlando City Pride and OCB fans. Sad, sad face. I'm making a sad face because of OCB. Uh, Michael and Dave provide the latest and greatest news from the club, as well as their thoughts on all the happenings across the leagues. Their interviews with players and coaches give the listeners unique insight into the club. Want to know what's going on in the minds of our opposition? The mainland invites the opposing team's podcasters on the show to discuss the upcoming game, which is really cool. They cover all the topics fans want to know, speaking candidly and honestly about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And they always answer any questions that are submitted. If you're looking for an entertaining podcast that covers everything Orlando City, look no further. Thank you so much, Flip, eight twenty-four for the uh, the kind words. Really appreciate that. And uh, if you leave us a five-star rating between now and uh, February, you know we'll we'll read it on the next show.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm over here blushing.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably just. Had a couple too many beers.
1: Oh, well, we've all done that. Yeah, it, it kind of flushes you. The alcohol flushes you.
0: Anyway, uh, that will do it for episode number 112. Once again, thanks so much to Nikki Budalich for being with us on the podcast. His uh, second appearance, I believe. And um, uh, thanks to Rafa Cabrera from the Orlando City Comms staff for setting that up. Uh, we look forward to that. We're really, really doing well great with these off-season uh, interviews. I don't know how we top it next month. Uh, maybe we get Sasha question or somebody.
1: Oh please please I want to interview the stash please.
0: You don't get to ask him about the mustache. Damn it. <laughs> uh, okay. Maybe one question. All right. One but you, question, but you got to keep it classy.
1: I will. Okay. San uh,
0: Diego, okay. <laughs> keep it, You stay classy, San Diego. All right, guys, we will be back in February with our final monthly off season edition of the podcast. And we'll be back in March with weekly episodes. Uh, thank you so much again to Nikki Badolich and Rafa Cabrera. Uh, we, uh, don't have anything uh, really to, to leave you with. We, we've got uh, preseason soccer coming up uh, in just a few weeks uh, as the club announced its uh, preseason schedule and nobody's allowed to go, apparently. Um,
1: <laughs> so, enjoy!
0: <laughs> so, if a preseason game happens and nobody's there to see it, did it really happen at all? I guess would be the the question um but yeah they're they're going to go to jacksonville they're going to report here at the end of january uh january 21st uh medicals the, the team, team will be back in town dave in five days Five oh days goodness. from when we're recording this, four from when it drops. And uh, then uh, the next day is the first day of preseason. Got a couple of days of training in, going to Jacksonville. The team will play Jacksonville University in a scrimmage at Southern Oak Stadium uh, on Saturday, February 3rd. That's the first preseason game. Uh, then they've got games uh, at Lake Sil- uh, Sylvan Lake Park on February 10th, 14th and 17th against uh, Minnesota United. Inchy back in town. Uh, Philadelphia Union and Rail Salt Lake. Uh, times unknown, but doesn't matter because you're not allowed to go and we're not allowed to go. And uh, and then Saturday, February 24th at the stadium against Chicago Fire, that is the last preseason game. All of them closed to the public and to media because we might actually tell you what happened. And uh, we're allowed in, I think, the last 15 minutes of the game. So hopefully they'll all be nil-nil until there are 15 minutes left to go. (laughs) And then we'll walk in and we'll see everything. We'll Um, see
1: everything. Yeah. So
0: uh, yeah. So next month, Dave, we're actually going to have soccer results to talk about. We won't have seen them, but we'll have some results, and, uh, and maybe we'll hear some, uh, you get some stories out of camp. Uh, see how how everybody's kind of fitting in and, and doing. Um, one thing we didn't mention: Dom Dwyer did not go to the U.S. Men's National Team camp although he was invited uh, because he sprained his hamstring, clown and his son. Um, Actually, I don't know. I don't know how he strained his hamstring, but uh, a little hamstring issue. I'm told it's nothing serious and that he should be good to go for training camp. Uh, But that was a cute uh, video that was online about him. uh, Yeah, that was flipping the ball over his kid, uh, (laughs) over his kid's head. (laughs) I, I, I can't wait
1: for the day when that kid is schooling his old man. Oh, if that
0: kid gets tall, I mean, Dom's not very tall. So if that kid gets tall, he could totally do it back to him. Oh, yeah. And, you know, since he's the son of Tom and Sydney LaRue, he's probably going to be, like, exponentially better, you know, Yeah, that's, that's really
2: unfair <laughs> genetics when it comes to <laughs>
1: soccer. Uh,
0: Yeah. Now he's – now watch. He's going to play tennis. <laughs> we jinxed it. We, dang it. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry, everybody. Sorry. We blew it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, everybody. But, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, they need to get him. uh, I I think he should already have the homegrown tag on him by now. And uh, he's he's already been
1: signed, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, he needs to sign a homegrown contract. That's that's for sure. All right, everybody. uh, 112 is in the books. We'll be back next week. Um, No, we won't. uh, Next month. I'm sorry. Month. Month. I'm, you know, old habits die hard. And. Uh, anyway, you uh, please read our stuff at themainland.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at themainland. Uh, you can get your questions into us. I forgot to tell you how to do this earlier. You can uh, t- hit us on Twitter at themainland is our Twitter account. Uh, hit us up with the hashtag #AskTMLPC, or you can email us at uh, themainland at gmail.com. We have no fancy corporate uh, email account. We're just a regular Gmail account. Um, but you know, feel free to uh, to, to buy us a, a fancy business gmail account if you want to uh and you can sponsor the podcast so write to us and ask us how if you're interested in sponsoring the mainland podcast uh dave i'm going to do something a little bit different this time i'm going to ask you how can the the you know because we might have some new listeners because we you know we go to this monthly format so it's uh there's been a long time since our last one tell people how to find you online
1: uh well me yeah you me, personally? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, um, I'm at D-R-O, D-E-V-E-R-O uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can find me, uh, of course, on uh, the mainland. Just R-O,
0: uh, just R-O-D-E-R-O-H,
1: R-O-H, excuse me, R-O-H-E. There you go. Yes, D-E-V-E-R-O-H-E. <laughs> uh, I've got so many different things out there. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter, um, obviously, we're on the mainland at uh, themainland.com, and um yeah, well, that, I think that's all the readers can find me on it currently. But, yeah, uh, yeah and they can, that's good.
0: And they can find you on the, the Mainland Podcast, obviously, which is on
1: iTunes. Obviously on Google iTunes. Google
0: Play, Stitcher, St- um, yep. Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we're on another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. We're, we're on a bunch of them. So yeah, Just get
1: sure, on your podcast sure, app yeah, and a search podcast. M-A-N-E-L-A-N-D. Yeah.
0: Uh, also, uh, you can find me. Uh, I am uh, on Twitter at mainland michael. That's M-A-N-E, not M-A-I-N. So mainland michael. Uh, at mainland michael is my twitter Uh, you can find me there and you can of course follow the mainland uh, twitter account at the mainland as i've already mentioned so on behalf of david rowe i am michael citro the founder managing editor of the com. signing off from episode number 112 by saying go city